Happy free agency, everybody. How's it going? Breaking the goal line podcast, Russell Goddard. Good to have everybody back in. A lot going on. Free agency has been crazy so far. Officially opened on Wednesday. We're going to get into a lot of that. Some thoughts on the Bears, Gruden. Uh, give you some of my smart moves and maybe some of my not so much smart moves. Uh, a lot to get into. So let's just dive right in. But before we do that, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give me a follow. That is greatly appreciated. Thank you guys. Let's get in it. So let's just start off with the Chicago Bears. Story came out that Chicago and Ryan Pace offered Seattle three first round picks, a third round pick, and two veteran players for Russell Wilson. Sources is Pete Carroll slept on it. They came back the next day and told Chicago no go. So then the Bears go out and pull the trigger on Andy Dalton and paid him $10 million one-year deal. $10 million for the Red Rifle. I like Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton is a viable quarterback in this league, but he's a backup quarterback in this league. I'm not sure what Chicago is really doing here. Now, they took a big swing, and I like that. You got to swing big. Swing for the fences. But Andy Dalton at $10 million? I just, I'm not sure if Ryan Pace even understands the game of football at this point. Let's just, let's just take a look at Ryan Pace's, the general manager for the Chicago Bears, last four quarterback moves. Well, there was Mike Glennon, who he gave $19 million guaranteed for a three-year deal. And that same year, the same year, they threw a draft party, had Mike Glennon at the draft party, and then traded up to number two and took Mitchell Trubisky. (laughs) What? And then last year, he made Nick Foles the highest paid backup in the league. And now they go out and sign Andy Dalton for $10 million. Look, quarterback is the most important position in the NFL, in all of sports. I think we all know that. If you don't know that, well, if you keep listening to this podcast, I'm going to hammer that home a lot because it is. But I'm not sure what the Bears are doing. They, they have a roster where they could win now. They try to make a big swing, but you pay Andy Dalton $10 million. Why wouldn't you just stick with Mitchell Trubisky? You could have paid him $2.5 million, which he got today, by the way, with the Bills. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Smart move. How does Trubisky not not fit that scheme better? Andy Dalton is a complete pocket passer, which is fine. You know, it's not really where the NFL is moving towards. But to give this guy a veteran, savvy veteran, a team guy, a locker room guy, $10 million, and it looks like it's a true one-year $10 million, which means he's going to get all $10 million. And then I just saw right before I started recording this that they just let go of their all-pro corner, Kyle Fuller, to make for cap space. Well, you wouldn't need the cap space, Ryan Pace, if you didn't sign Andy Dalton for $10 million. I'm just a little confused by this. And as a ba- any Bear fans out there that's listening, I know there's a couple. How are you not upset? I would be. Ryan Pace, I just don't think he knows what he's doing. We have four years now of, of proven, I don't know if idiot, idiot's a, a nice, it's not, idiot's strong. Idiot's strong. He's not an idiot. But man, he's making stupid moves. I just don't see how this fits. Andy Dalton took a team in the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs for four straight years. But that team was stacked around him. And Andy played well. He did. But they had a a smart veteran coach, which I like Nagy. I think Nagy's good. 
But Andy Dalton is 0-4 in those playoff games. Technically, he's 0-3 because he was injured for one of them, didn't even play in one. To give this guy $10 million, you know, I just, that looks it just looks like it smells of desperation. It smells of desperation. I know you weren't going to keep Mitchell Trubisky because at this point, you're tired of looking at the guy. Y- your fans are torn, probably 50-50, maybe 60-40. I know a couple Bears fans that love Trubisky. I know a couple Bears fans that think he's the worst thing in the world. But if you just look at your quarterback history, I mean, your best quarterback since you won the Super Bowl in 85 has been Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, who is probably the worst teammate in the history of teammates. It just doesn't make much sense, Ryan Pace. And you're going to get Matt Nagy fired. And Matt Nagy doesn't deserve to be fired. I think Matt Nagy's a good coach. I don't think you're a good general manager. You're going to get fired and Nagy's going to get fired because this isn't going to work. Dalton's viable and he's going to be able to win you a couple games. But is Tariq Cohen going to stay healthy? I, I don't know. He, he, he could barely stay healthy. I mean, he's a good player when he's there. Is your offensive line going to be better than they were last year? They're borderline okay. Your defense is good. I mean, you still have Khalil Mack, but you, get, you just get rid of your all-pro corner to make up for cap space. You better do something in the draft because free agency is about filling needs. And you felt a, you filled one in your quarterback spot, but you paid him $10 million. When you could have paid him less. How is Andy Dalton's market $10 million? How? He came in for Dak and had a losing record with the Cowboys. I just, I just, I don't see how is, how is, how is him $10 million and Trubisky is two and a half. I, I, I don't see that. If you would have, if you would have said you paid one year, $5 million, I'm like, okay, look, they need a quarterback. Obviously they're not going with Trubisky, whatever. It's, it's, it's just a filler year because this is what it is it's a filler year you're not winning a super bowl bears bears fans you're not winning a super bowl i think you know that you can't win a super bowl 10 million dollars is too much you shouldn't have to be cutting a all pro corner to make up for cap space because you signed a quarterback for 10 million dollars makes no sense makes no sense so go ahead chicago go ahead and start you're starting in second place in your division doesn't matter i don't care who you draft I don't care who else you pick up in free agency. You are starting in second place and you're going to work your way down because you're not beating Green Bay. No, sir, you're not beating Green Bay. Not with Andy Dalton. You're going to lose twice. Your division isn't great. You have the Lions, which you'll probably beat them twice. But who knows? They always play you tough. You know, the Vikings, they're hit or miss, but they just added Patrick Peterson and a couple other good defenders. We'll talk about that a little bit later. They might be a little bit better. Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins is not their problem. Better than Andy Dalton. What are you doing, Chicago? I like Chicago. Chicago is a beautiful city. I've been there. It was amazing. I went there in the summer, have been there in the winter. It's blistering cold in the winter, but it was beautiful in the summer. It is a smart, smart sports town. Lots of smart people just walking around. Passionate. It's like Boston, but nicer. And I want you guys to succeed. But what you're doing here, from Glennon to taking Trubisky number two for thinking Nick Foles was the answer, paying him so much money to just be a backup and then come in and then bench him and then come in. And then now Andy Dalton, it's a circus. You're start Chicago, you're starting to become a clown show. You're starting to become the Browns. Do not become the Browns. You are a staple franchise. You only have one Super Bowl. There are plenty of teams that don't have any Super Bowls. You're a staple franchise in this league. And you're looking like clowns. Matt Nagy's going to lose his job for this. Ryan Pace is probably going to lose your job for this. Be better. Got to be better here. $10 million for an Andy Dalton? It's not the answer. Okay, so let's get in a little Raiders talk. I know I talked about Raiders 
and John Gruden on the last podcast had that, you know, Russell Wilson trade to the Raiders. You know, I think that was his only destination to go if he was going to be traded. That was on Monday. It is now Friday. And my opinion is Russell Wilson will go absolutely nowhere because he's not going to the Raiders. Because John Gruden blew it up. He blew it up. Not quite sure if John Gruden knows what he's doing. I think John Gruden riding pace, they, they must be drinking the same water. Because neither one of them seems like they know what the fuck is happening. John Gruden just traded his top two offensive linemen. He had the fifth best offensive line in the league. And he just traded his all-pro center and his all-pro guard. He just traded Rodney Hudson to the Arizona Cardinals for a third-round pick. Good value for the Cardinals there. And he traded Gabe Jackson to Seattle for a fifth-round pick. Great value for Seattle. So why would Russell Wilson now want to leave? They got him an interior offensive lineman. Granted, it's only one offensive lineman, but one offensive lineman, especially a good interior guard, now they should have went for Hudson. Hudson would have been better in Seattle, but he's on the Cardinals. I'm kind of happy about that myself. But what are you doing, John? You don't have a... I can't even name you now. A single offensive lineman that's on the Las Vegas Raiders. I can't. They have this backup center they drafted last year in like the, the third round. Okay? That's all I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's laughable, Gruden. It's laughable, Gruden. I'm not sure what you're doing. Why would you give up a num- five overall? that You cut Richie Incognito, which is fine. That's okay. He's on the very tail end of his career. He's older than those guys. So you cut Richie Incognito, cool. But then you trade away Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson? How's Josh Jacobs going to run the ball? How's Derek Carr going to have any time to throw? Doesn't matter. And then he went out and signed Kenyon Drake. I just saw that earlier today. He gave Kenyon Drake, they gave him two years, like $11 million, could be up to $14 million with incentives. So instead of adding to an offensive line, which you just maybe thought they were done, you wanted to build up better, you wanted to go younger, I don't know. You add another running back when you already have an all-pro who's going to be in his third year, very fresh, I, I don't I don't get it. Kenyon Drake's a good add, but Kenyon Drake would be a good add if you still had an offensive line. The Raiders don't have an offensive line, so I'm not sure what they're doing. The one good move, the one good move Oakland has made, Oakland, sorry, Las Vegas has made was signing Yannick and Dockway. They signed Yannick for very good value. They signed him two years, $26 million. I was trying to see how much of that was guaranteed. I couldn't see anything. Usually when that happens, it it means it's a pretty big guarantee or it's all the signing bonus, and I didn't see any signing bonus either. All I saw through Schefter, Rappaport, all that was two years, $26 million. So I'm going to guess that at least half of that is going to be guaranteed, which is pretty good value for a very good pass rusher. Young still, he could be hitting his prime, and the Raiders are miserable on defense. Miserable on defense. They needed a good pass rusher. So that's good value for them there. But what's not good value is blowing up your entire offensive line. How you win in the NFL is in the trenches. The big sexies. That's how you win. Signing a guard, a center, that's never sexy. That's why we call them the big sexies. Because it's never sexy. But they're the ones that win you games. It's one in the trenches. Offensive, defensive line. It's clear. Just Let's go back to the Super Bowl. A couple years ago, the Niners cakewalked. Cakewalked to the Super Bowl. Because they had a top five offensive line. 
They had the best defensive line in the league, and they made everyone look stupid. They got to the NFC Championship game against Aaron Rodgers, and they thumped the shit out of him. They ended up coming up against Patrick Mahomes and a pretty good offensive line there, and they ended up losing, but it was a close game. Very close game. We can go back even a year fur- fur- uh, a year further than that. The Rams, another NFC West team, had the best defensive line in the league that year, and they had a top 10 offensive line. Who are the quarterbacks for both those teams? Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. Two very average, at best, quarterbacks. I think Jimmy can be better than Jared, even though I like Jared more than most people do. But what are you doing here, John? You're coming off a 7-9 season. You're coming off of three straight losing... Your, well, you're 8-8, eight 7-9, and 7-9. Eight, and and I'm not sure what you're doing. Free agency is to add needs, not to destroy your needs. You destroyed the only good thing you had going. It was your offensive line. Derek Carr had a career year. Josh Jacobs, career year. And you said, you know what, guys? I'm just going to blow it up. Fuck it. I'm John Gruden. I do whatever I want. It's 1998. No, it's not, John. John Gruden has not changed. Coaches mature and change. You see it. Look at Belichick. Look at Andy Reid. Look at Sean Payton. Look at all these coaches that have been in the league for decades. And they have matured and changed. John Gruden is has been the exact same since he came in the league. The exact same. I don't understand what this man is thinking. You cannot give away an all-pro center and an all-pro guard and then sign a running back when you already have a top 10 running back in this league. I'm just confused. A little annoyed because John's an idiot. And I was talking him up when he when he got here. I said this on my podcast last week or earlier this week. How I thought he was going to be good. Well, John, you're making me look stupid and you just look stupid. I mean, good for the Cardinals. Good for Seattle. They went out there. John just served it up on a silver platter. Just served up two good offensive linemen in this league. And offensive linemen are hard to come by. Because the defensive linemen and these linebackers and these edge rushers are just so much better than the offensive linemen in the league. It's crazy. There are no good offensive lines in the league. It's very rare. The Raiders actually had one. They had one. They loved each other. Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson and Derek Carr are like best friends. They all went to each other's weddings. They were all each other's best mans. They were a tight-knit group. That's hard to find in the NFL these days with the O-line. These offensive linemen that are coming out of college... They're not as good as these defensive linemen. Aaron Donald is kicking everyone's ass every play. TJ Watt is making these tackles look stupid. They're just too, they're so much more athletic. It's hard to find a good offensive line in this league. It's hard to find a good offensive lineman. Very rare. Penny Sewell, that's coming out. He's a very rare talent like that. That guy was ready to be in the NFL two years ago. They're, the other the other good t- uh, tackle. Uh, there's one from Northwestern. He's really good too. But those guys are rare. And they're not going to be good immediately. They're going to be okay. But it's going to take them time because they're not used to getting their ass kicked every day by these defensive linemen that are 6'2", 275 pounds, and run a 4'4". John, not sure what's happening in Las Vegas. I don't see how Derek Carr can be happy, and I don't see how Russell Wilson can be looking over today and saying, yeah, I still want to go there. Because <laughs> the only reason why Russell Wilson wanted to go there was because they had a good offensive line. He doesn't want to be sacked anymore. So they had a good old line. Hey, if I go to a place with a good old line, I won't get hit as much. That's good for me. Well, you don't have an offensive line anymore. So why would Russell Wilson want to come over 
to Las Vegas. He's just he's gonna stay in Seattle now. There's no way. Because he's not gonna open up his no trade clause to any other team. He put out four teams. Now maybe he's sitting back now and like, okay, well we got Gabe Jackson. Let's see if we can make another move. But if we don't, maybe I'll open it up to somebody else. But John, you just lost Russell Wilson. You just lost the division. You never had it in the first place because you got to go up against Mahomes. But you just lost the playoffs too. It's going to be four straight years, John Gruden, that you are not going to make the playoffs. And you talked all that shit. And you think you're the man. It's not 1998, John. You need to change. Because if you don't change, I just don't see how this 10-year contract can play out. How can Mark Davis just sit up there in his press box with his broke ass and see what you're doing and being like, yeah, this is going to work? No, it's not. It's ridiculous. The Raiders, if you're a Raiders fan, get ready for another disappointing season because that is what's going to happen. And, and another thing, it pisses me off because Josh Jacobs, who I was had a very high value in fantasy next year, is now going to be splitting carries with fucking Kenyon Drake. Thanks, John. I appreciate that from a fantasy side. Cool. You're an idiot. You have no offensive line now. Derek Carr, how are you not pissed off? How are you as a Raiders fan, as a Raiders player, not upset? You're not making any moves. You haven't made any moves. You're drafting people that you, that like John Abraham, who's a hard hitter and can't cover shit. I don't understand what you're doing. Mike Mayock has no power. He's just up there. Oh, oh you know, I'm just the face guy. I, I'll do some talking because Gruden's on the mic and he always says too much. Okay. Raiders, you're done. Have a good season. But, uh... I expect nothing. I expect seven wins because that's what John Gruden can produce. John Gruden can produce seven wins. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry, Raiders fans. Raider Nation, I am sorry. Okay, let's talk a little Houston Texan football. This podcast is all starting out with just three just poor teams at the moment. I have no idea what's going on in Houston. But Deshaun Watson came out yesterday and he said... He doesn't want to go to the Dolphins. He doesn't want to go to the Jets. He wants to go to either the San Francisco 49ers, good fit, or the Denver Broncos. Also, I think he's also a good fit. But Houston is not taking any calls. They are telling everyone, we're not trading Deshaun Watson. He has come out and said multiple times, I'm not playing for you. I am not going to be a Houston Texan. Don't want to be here. But you got you got Preacher Man Easterby and, and Casario that are just not taking any calls. They're not doing anything. How are you not doing anything? It just I don't understand what's happening in Houston. It's like a cult. That Preacher, Preacher Man Easterby, which is a weird guy. I don't know if you've seen any of his videos like on YouTube or anything like that. It's weird. And Casario, a Belichick guy who was Belichick's right-hand man for like 15 years... It seems like this would be, this is a Belichick type move. Deshaun Watson comes out and says, look, I, I want to be traded. I don't want to play here anymore. Belichick would have traded him by now. So it, you can't really say Casario would trade him because he was with Belichick for so long. But you got to think that their philosophies were, you know, if not hand in hand, very similar. So it's got to be, to me, it's got to be Easterby just saying, has all the power and saying, no, we're, we're very confident that we can get Deshaun Watson to stay. But no, you can't. Th this, this relationship is so far gone and you're doing nothing to help your franchise. You just signed Tyrod Taylor. So to me, it's like, oh, okay, you signed Tyrod, a savvy veteran. 
you know, you're rebuilding right now anyway. You have some draft picks. You, you signed some other, you signed a lot of players, actually. Houston signed a lot of players, but they're not players that help them win now. And most of them are all one-year deals. Most of them are not, are not even really worth it. I mean, other than Tyrod Taylor, because Deshaun Watson has to be gone, they signed a bunch of C-plus to B-minus players. Why sign so many players? Easterby doesn't know what he's doing. The preacher man has no idea. And Casario, I don't even think is running the show. And the owner is just, is, is Easterby's like, he's worshiping Easterby or something. Deshaun Watson has come out and said, why aren't you trading him? Are you waiting till the draft? You're going to wait till the draft to trade Deshaun Watson. I don't understand. He's come out multiple times, said he doesn't want to be here. He says he will not play another snap, but you're not taking calls. Insane. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, Watson says he wants to go to the Niners. I think the Niners would be a terrific fit for Deshaun in that Kyle Shanahan system. That Shanahan offense that his dad started, and it's just it's just evolved over the years. He'd be great in it. I don't think the Niners can afford him now. They just paid Trent Williams and made him the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history, which is a good, that's good. I mean, Trent Williams is a value to that team. Trent Williams is one of those rare offensive linemen that can be on all 32 teams in the NFL and he will be a pro bowler. He's a monster, but they just signed him, gave him massive amount of money. And then they also added Alex Mack, a very solid top 10 center. They're going to have to re-sign George Kittle here in like a year or two. They're going to have to, they just paid juice. I just don't see how they can go and get Deshaun Watson. I don't think it's going to happen. And now there's, I saw today that Joe Flacco is meeting with them to potentially be the backup. I don't see how Joe works, but maybe Kyle wants to bring in just a veteran guy to try to change Jimmy's attitude. Because if he's like, look, if I have to go into next season with Jimmy Garoppolo, he needs, something's got to change here. I mean, not only does Jimmy get hurt, he's up there when he is, he's up, up there in the press box taking notes. What are you taking notes for, Jimmy? What are you doing? George Kittle's chomping at the bit, ripping his own freaking hair out to get back on the field. And you're up there with the fucking Corona taking notes. What are you doing? So I don't know. Maybe Kyle wants to bring in a veteran guy to just maybe push Jimmy a little bit? Because who's pushing Jimmy? I mean, I'm not saying Joe Flacco's going to push Jimmy for the starting job, but who's pushing Jimmy? Bethel? Nick Mullins? No. Absolutely not. I mean, in my opinion, I just think somehow, some way, Jimmy is going to end up with the Patriots this year. Not if Trey Lance doesn't fall to the Niners at 12, or the Niners don't move up, which is what I think they will do. But Deshaun Watson's out of the question now, I think. And Denver... I don't know if Denver can go and get him, especially if Houston's not even taking calls. I don't know what the preacher man is doing. I don't know what Casario's doing. But man, if this guy doesn't want to play for you, you can get so much for Deshaun Watson. Multiple first round picks, multiple second round picks, maybe a player or two. If Russell Wilson was three first rounders, a third rounder and two veteran players, which you didn't know who the veteran players were, but I got to imagine they were probably B players at, at minimum. So what's Deshaun Watson getting? Who's 26, who's a top eight quarterback in this league easily. So what is he going to get? I mean, if it's three first rounders, let's say a second, maybe a third and a player, how does Houston not take that for a guy that doesn't want to be on your team? 
He doesn't want to be there. Crazy. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense what Houston's trying to do, what they think they're going to do. Bring Deshaun back. To me, it looks like he's going to hold firm. And he's just going to hold out. And he's just going to sit on the bench. He's not even going to show up to the games. So what does Houston do? Week 4, they're 0-4. There's no Deshaun. The fans are probably pissed because there is no Deshaun. And he's just sitting there. You have you got nothing for him. It's after the draft. You couldn't even get a draft pick for him that year. So if you don't trade him, you're fucked for multiple years to come. And you're just the laughing stock that you have been since you entered the league. And you took David Carr with your first pick ever in Houston. And he was the most sacked quarterback in one year. You're a laughing stock. Clown show. You're part of the clown show. Do something. Trade Deshaun Watson. Do it now. Do it before the draft. Get something valuable back. At this point, there's no way you can get something that's going to equal what Deshaun Watson can give your franchise. But you have to get something. You can't just sit there and not get anything. How are you not taking calls? If I, when I, if I have a job, it doesn't matter if I really like my job or don't like my job. I'm putting out resumes because I want to just feel what's out there. Feel what's out there. When I was a general manager and my hospitality, when I worked at a Panera... I told all my kids that worked with me, all the people that worked with me, put out resumes. Put at least two resumes out every month. Just see what's out there. Who cares? Take a call. See what they have to offer you. You got to be able to pivot. Move. You cannot live your life in pen. You have to live your life in pencil. John Bon Jovi said that, by the way, in his aseptic speech in one of the Grammys, I think, and like, 88 or some shit. I don't know. But it's true. You got to take calls. You got to be able to listen. You can't just stay in this weird way that you're doing, Houston. I don't understand. doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sure it doesn't make any sense to any Houston fans out there. And you got to be pretty upset. Look, we, we know more than likely there's going to be fans in the stadiums. There's going to be butts in the seats come September. That's good for you. That NRG Stadium, you'd be full. Even if you don't have Deshaun Watson, these people are still going to come see you. You have no more J.J. Watt anymore. But still, they're going to come see because people are going to want to come and watch sports because they've been cooped up in their house for a year. So trade. Get something back. Get a couple first-rounders. Get a first-rounder this year. Use it this year. Get a first-rounder for the next couple of years. Get a second-rounder. Get a player or two. I don't know. Trade him somewhere. Trade him to Denver. Maybe, maybe the Niners can wiggle something out and take them. Denver probably has a lot to offer. I know they don't have huge cap space, but why wouldn't Denver jump all over it? Take a fucking call, Houston. <laughs> you just have to. You can't live your life like this. This is not how you win in the NFL. You can't be stubborn and stick to this. You got to be able to change, move, and pivot. Because pivoting is the only way to win in this league. Okay, so let's talk about a few moves from some just very, very smart teams in the league. I loved what a couple teams did so far this week, and there's more to come, I'm sure. But smart, well-run teams in the NFL, they're the ones that consistently win. They're the ones that consistently make the playoffs. They're the ones that consistently make money. Because at the end of the day, this is about making money. It's a business. It's one of the biggest businesses in America. Unless your name is Jeff Bezos... And you get paid $5,000 a minute or whatever it is. The NFL is 
the biggest business. It's it's the biggest TV show in the country, and it's it's 365 because they have the NFL Network, they have free agency, we have the draft, and then we have the real stuff, the meat and potatoes, is now the 18 weeks. Well, I think it's going to be 17, no, 18 weeks of the regular season. Then we have the playoffs, and then the Super Bowl. But smart, well-run teams, those are the ones that win in this league. They're the ones that always have and always will. And there's a couple teams so far this offseason that have just been so smart. And then they're the typical peak teams, the ones that win, the ones that are contenders every year. So let's start with the Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, they've had a very solid offseason, but they didn't need to add a lot to begin with. Now they lost Matthew Judon in free agency to the Patriots, but they re-signed three really, really solid defensive players. McPhee, another outside linebacker, and their defensive tackle. Just solid defensive players. And then they went out and they signed Zach uh, Zettler, Mark Mark Zettler, the guard from uh, the Giants. Solid interior guard for Lamar Jackson to stand behind. The Ravens are a smart, well-run franchise. They had Ozzie Newsome for so long and had made the Ravens so relevant hit on so many draft picks year in and year out. And then he hired John Harbaugh. And now John Harbaugh is keeping the ship going. Smart. They're going to win. They will compete to win their division every single year. They have every single year since I can remember. Solid, smart, well-run team. They went out in free agency. And free agency is about getting needs. It's about getting needs. It's not about making the sexy wide receiver or a cornerback pickup. It's about filling holes. And they filled them. They re-signed three defensive players to great value. And they re-signed a top guard in this league. Kansas City. Also, so far, a tremendous offseason. When it started off shake, really, really rocky. They let go of both of their tackles, uh, Schwartz and Fisher. When Fisher, who was Andy Reid's first ever draft pick when he was in Kansas City. The first year Andy was there, Fisher was his first pick. A couple years later, there goes Schwartz. Those guys have been a staple for a long time. They let both of them go. Now, neither one of them played in the Super Bowl, and Mahomes got his ass kicked. So their interior, also really shaky. Without those two guys, their offensive line, you saw their flaws. So they let both of them go. Cap space reasons. I understand you're paying Mahomes a lot. You're going to pay Travis Kelsey a lot. You want to try to keep Tyreek. You know, you want to try to keep your defensive players, Matthew and Chris Jones. I understand it. They're getting up there in age. That's okay. They're both, they were both of the team for a decade. They were great. They were beloved in Chiefs Kingdom. That's fine. They went out and signed Joe Thune. Five years, $80 million deal. It's really only a three-year deal though. It's really only a three-year deal. They pay It's great value. I mean, did they overpay a little bit? Sure. But in free agency, you overpay. You overpay for free agency. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what player it is, what position it is, as you can see with Andy Dalton getting $10 million. But free agents get overpaid. As soon as you hit the market, you're going to overpay. Now, if you're with that same team, you're not going to get overpaid. That team's probably going to pay good value for you. So Joe Thune is a tremendous guard in this league. He's a great pass blocking guard. He's a smart guy, good interior lineman. And then they signed Kyle Long to a one year, I think it was just over a million, I think it was a million and a half. Great value. Kyle Long, 
retired last year, didn't play, decided he wanted to come back. Kyle Long could still play because there's no way that Andy Reid, an offensive lineman himself, is going to watch Kyle Long work out and be like, yeah, you know what, let's just sign him for a one-year deal, even though he doesn't look that good. No. Kyle Long and Joe Thune now are going to be the staples for this offense. Now, they still got to go out and get an offensive lineman, but Andy Reid has always drafted linemen well. And there's a couple in this draft, a couple tackles, mostly right, late in this draft, in late late in the first, late in the second, late in the third, that they could that they can get up and steal. And he can come in. He's going to be a little shaky, but when you have Patrick Mahomes, and you have two really good, and their center's not bad either, so three really good interior linemen, it'll make up. It'll make up for the lack of talent on the ends. The Chiefs just know what they're doing. The Chiefs just know what they're doing. Veach knows what he's doing. Andy Reid just knows what he's doing. They're smart. They're well run, which is why they're probably going to be favored, them in the, in the Bucks to win it all again next year. They're going to be there. They're going to be there every year for the next decade. As long as Andy's there, as long as Mahomes is there, they're going to be there. They're going to have a chance to win it. The Niners. The Niners, which I talked about a little bit earlier with the Deshaun Watson, I, I named some of the players. They signed Trent Williams. They added, they added uh, Alex Mack. He's a very underrated player, by the way. He can do he can do a full split. Go look it up. He's like 36 years old, but he doesn't he doesn't look like he's 36. He's only missed I think he's a, he's missed two games his entire career. He's going into his 11th season. That's impressive for an offensive lineman. He's 36, but he plays like he's 29. Some people just don't get hurt. Some people are just more he takes care of his body. He does yoga and karate. The man can do a full split. He's a center in the league. Does a full freaking split. Impressive. But they re-signed Juice, Kyle Juszczyk. They gave they made they made him the highest paid fullback again. They they gave him a big contract two years ago. They gave him another one. But he's not a fullback. He's an OW. That's what that's what Shanahan calls him. An OW, an offensive weapon. Juszczyk can line up and do anything. He can catch passes. He can run. He's blocking. It's a great, great signing. Keep him. Keep him for a little bit. And then they re-signed Mosley and Verrett. Two very good young corners. They need to keep that defense alive, especially playing Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray two times a year. The Niners are just well run. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, these are just smart teams. Smart, smart teams. They know what they're doing. That's why the Niners were just in the Super Bowl. That's why the Chiefs have been back-to-back Super Bowls. That's why the Ravens win their division and go to the playoffs every year. But to me, so far, the team that's done the best in free agency is the Buffalo Bills. Triple B, Big Baller Bean, the general manager for Buffalo, is clearly, obviously, one of the best general managers in the league. He knows what he's doing. Super smart. I've heard multiple interviews with the guy. He just he just knows football. And he doesn't know... It's not only that he knows football. He just knows personnel. He knows these players. He knows what they need. He's like a guru. And him and, him and McDermott, they work so well together. Easily a top three GM coaching tandem with Veach and Andy Reid. And then maybe... And then probably John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Those are probably the top three coach GM tandems in the league. But the Bills, they've done a great job. They re-signed Matt Milano. They re-signed their two best linemen. And then they went out today. They got Mitchell Trubisky for $2.5 million. Now, I know what you're probably saying. Oh, Trubisky's garbage. No, he's not. Trubisky can be a very good backup in this league. And for $2.5 million to be a backup for Josh Allen, who might get... I mean, Josh Allen plays like a linebacker. He runs he runs at least 10 linebackers over a year because he is a linebacker. So who knows? He might tweak something. You know, he might need to sit out a week. 
I think he's very durable, but Trubisky's a great backup. It's good for him, too. He gets to go and be with McDermott, gets to be with Brian Dable, gets to be with uh, Allen, gets to learn behind an organization that now knows how to win, that is now a, not a laughing stock in this league anymore. Good for you, Mitchell Trubisky. That is a great spot. I thought it was either going to be the Bills or the Chiefs where he should go. He picked the Bills. Smart move by him and smart move by the Bills. Trubisky can come in and win a game. He's he's very athletic. He can throw a football. It's it, it's it's a, it's a cold weather city, but he just came from Chicago. So I don't want to hear, oh, his arm in the cold. He just played in Chicago. Great pickup. And then they added Emmanuel Sanders, a great veteran wide receiver, and another safety blanket for Josh Allen to throw to. Emmanuel Sanders is a journeyman in this league. He's been He's played with... Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, he's been coached by Sean Payton. He knows what it takes to win in this league. He played with Kyle Shanahan, played under Kyle Shanahan. He knows how to win in this league. He can go to Josh. He can go to Stephon Diggs. He can go, hey, look, Stephon, maybe cut this route in. Josh, this, this, that. Listen to my wisdom because I am wise, because I'm one of the best veteran receivers in this league, a great slot guy. And he probably won't even play the slot a lot. He'd probably play the outside because you got Cole Beasley in the slot. How do the Bills not win 12 games next year? How do the Bills not win 12 games? They're going to win their division. I just don't see. I just don't see how they don't repeat. Maybe even as in the AFC Championship game. They're good. They're going to maintain good. As long as Allen, which I talked about on Monday, as long as Josh Allen can stay, Josh Allen that we saw last year with these pieces, with McDermott, with Brandon Bean, Triple B, Big Baller Bean, as Bill's Mafia calls him. It's great. And we just talked about how there's going to be fans again next year. There were no fans at any of the Bill's games. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what this team is going to play like at home? And AFC, all, all the AFC teams will host the week, their, 17th, their 17th game. It was put out that all the AFC hosts, so they're probably going to flip-flop every other year. The AFC will host the seven nine games. The NFC will host nine games because it's not even anymore. So the Bills will play nine home games in front of that crowd. I don't know how many of you have been to a Bills game, but I have. And it was one of the best atmospheres I have ever been around. From 10 a.m., when you get there and start tailgating, and people are jumping through tables, and you are just wiling out drinking, sun up to sundown, you're loving your bills, you're out there in 40 degrees and freaking overalls, it's insane. The bills might go undefeated at home. There's a good chance. Now they, they got to play, you know, three divisional games at home and those are tough. Doesn't matter. Divisional games are always tough, but the bills are going to be good again next year. And they've done a great job this offseason so far. I imagine they're going to do a great job in the draft again because they're going to get best player available. BPA is what we call it. BPA, best player available. Because what they've gone out, they've filled needs in free agency is what you do. Unlike Houston, unlike the Raiders, unlike the Bears, the Bills now are no longer the Bills. They are a top contender in this league. Good job, Brandon Bean. Good job. Let's continue on this little free agent madness we have. Um, I want to talk about a couple teams that surprised me with some good moves. Uh, we'll start with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, my entire life, the Cleveland Browns are a joke. They were a joke. It's, it's insane. I just, I mean, when I thought about pathetic franchises, the first one to come to mind was the Cleveland Browns. But they're better. They've added over the past couple of years, 
a lot of talent. I think some of that talent's going to go. Odell Beckham needs to be traded. He doesn't work there. It's clear and obvious. Baker Mayfield, who has a very low ceiling, is better without him. But the Browns have gone out and made some splashes. They signed John Johnson, the safety from the Rams. Really good pickup for a secondary that was miserable. They also got uh, Troy Hill, cornerback. He's a starting quarterback in this league. They got great value for him. They barely paid either one of those guys. They also got the defensive tackle McKinley. Another huge get for an interior that they really need. They Teams were just running through the middle on him and passing over the top. The Browns' defense was not very good. But now that you have McKinley, you still have one of the best pass rushers in the league in Garrett. Now you have a back end that John Johnson and Troy Hill. Good job. They, they also re-signed Rashard Higgins. So if you're looking at, if you're a Browns fan right now, how are you not happy? How are you not excited about next year? You should be. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you should be excited that you will have a chance to win your division as long as Baker Mayfield can perform. Now, I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield guy. I like Baker Mayfield. I like him. He has some swagger. He has a little attitude, but he's very immature, very immature. And I think he has a very low ceiling, but he has a high floor. And if he plays at that high floor, the Browns will win 10, 11, 12 games. I think 12 might be pushing it, but Stefanski can coach. Bottom line, Stefanski can coach. And I'm sure he's a big part of a lot of the moves that they've made. They hit they hit on their draft picks last year. Let's see if they can hit on more draft picks this year. They, they went to free agency and filled needs. Defensive secondary needs. Defensive line needs. Resigned a decent wide receiver for a, a slot guy. I mean, if I'm looking at the Browns right now, it's it's hard for me not to say that they won't win 10 games. If they, if the Browns don't win 10 games, it's a disappointment. I don't have a lot of faith in the Browns because at the end of the day, they're still the Browns. But I mean, how are you not looking at this roster? And if they can trade Odell and maybe add a third round pick, Odell Beckham's not going for a first round. Anybody out there that still thinks it's 2016, it's not. Odell Beckham Jr. is not worth a first round draft pick. Go look at his numbers. One, he can't stay healthy. Two, when he's on the field, he can't perform. At least with Baker Mayfield, he can't. At least his last year in New York, he wasn't really performing. Now, he's been a good soldier in Cleveland. We haven't really seen that diva attitude from o- from Odell. But he needs to be traded. If the Browns can trade him, I mean, coming off of an ACL tear, you can't really get much value for him before the draft. You're probably going to have to trade him during the season. But if you can do that, maybe come back with a pick, maybe even a player, whatever it may be, third rounder, fourth rounder, maybe you trade him for another secondary player to a team that really needs a wide out. Sure. Why not? Do it. Get better. Because your defense needs to be better. Because if Baker Mayfield can perform how he did at the end of the season, those last eight games, he had a great last half of the year. And their offensive line is only going to get better. Dredrick Wells was the steal of the draft. The steal of the draft. I think he will be the best tackle out of that draft. Becton's good. I understand he's huge body, but I think Jedrick Wells will be the steal of the draft. And he just fell to the Browns. I was shocked that he didn't go in the top eight. Shocked. I was upset the Cardinals didn't take him. We took Isaiah Simmons. He looks like a bust, but it's hard to say for rookies last year. There's no training camp, no mini camp, no rookie OTAs. No preseason. He started coming on a little bit in the end, but I don't know. But the Browns, they look good, and they've made a lot of good moves. And the Arizona Cardinals. As a Cardinals fan, I haven't seen a lot, a lot of good moves made in my 28 years. But they're making splashes. 
and I'm surprised by him. They went out and added J.J. Watt. Now, this is not, you know, 2016 J.J. Watt. This isn't Defensive Player of the Year, J.J. Watt. But J.J. Watt can still perform. J.J. Watt is still a dominant player. He was the most double-teamed defensive lineman last year over Aaron Donald, over his brother T.J. Watt, over Miles Garrett. He was the most double-teamed, and he could play inside, he could play outside, he moves around and does everything. He's an instant game-changer for the Cardinals. And then they went and signed A.J. Green, who I know he's on the tail end of his career, he's had some injuries, but he's a very Larry Fitzgerald-esque player. And now Larry's a free agent, I don't expect him to go anywhere else. If he doesn't re-sign with the Cardinals, he's going to retire. But A.J. Green could be a good fit for Kyler as a safety blanket. They made some very solid trades. Best one is Rodney Hudson from the Raiders. They upgraded their offensive line to a top five center in this league. A very vocal center that can help Kyler Murray out a lot. Can help that young offensive line that they have. They just re-signed their, 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 their best offensive lineman before Hudson was Beecham, their left tackle. Cardinals made some good moves. Cardinals should be a playoff team. Kyler Murray's legit. Hopkins is legit. Now, that defense needs to be tweaked. But the thing about the thing about the Cardinals is that they don't have the coach on either side of the ball. Joseph and Kingsbury. I don't think Kingsbury can coach. Kingsbury has never won more than seven games in his college career. He won more games last year than he ever has before in the history of his coaching. Not good. Not good. You had Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. You had Baker for a little bit. You can't win. You're not a good coach. He's a good play caller. I, no, he's not a good play caller. He's a good play schemer. There's a difference between being a play schemer and being a play caller. I think Kingsbury can scheme. Now, he played in the league for a little bit. He was a Patriot. He was drafted by the Patriots, you know, and then he went and coached at a very young age, got a head coaching job, Texas Tech, never won more than seven games. So Arizona's problem unlike the Browns' problem, so they don't have a good head coach. I guess it's yet to be seen. This is going to be his third year. He's going into his third year. If you don't make the playoffs now with this roster, with Kyler Murray on a rookie deal, now you added a really good offensive lineman. You added another piece to throw the ball to. You added J.J. Watt. You re-signed your left tackle. You have Kyler Murray. If you cannot win, Nine to ten games. It's probably going to take ten games to get into the playoffs. Because they're not going to win their division. They're going to have to be a wild card. Because they're not winning the division. The Rams or Seattle will win the NFC West. I think the Niners, depending on how they look after the draft, have a chance. But if they if they draft Trey Lance, Trey Jimmy G, I don't, see, I don't think they win the division this year. I think Trey Lance would need a few years before they could be real relevant. But you can't really ever count them out because Kyle can coach. And Pete can coach. And McVay can coach. Cliff can't coach. So I love the moves that they did. I love the offseason so far. Let's see if they can draft because their drafts have been miserable the last three years. I mean, Cliff hasn't drafted well. Steve Kime usually drafts pretty well. But how much is how much is Cliff's style influencing Steve Kime's draft picks? I don't know. I'm uncertain. But as someone that lives in Arizona and has been rooting for the Cardinals their whole life, I'm optimistic about next year. But unless Cliff can coach... None of this means shit. And you're going to waste Kyler Murray's rookie deal. And you're going to waste Hopkins. And A.J. Green, the one or two years left he can give you, you're going to waste it. J.J. Watt is probably going to end his career here. These guys want Super Bowls. These guys want to go to the playoffs. These guys want to try to win a conference championship. It's on you, Cliff. You need to be good. You need to coach. I don't think you can. 
But we got to see. We're going to see next year. Because after these moves, there's no reason why we should not be a playoff team. All right, I think that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, we're almost at an hour now, like 57 minutes or so. So I think I'm going to call it a night. Uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Lots of free agents see still coming up. I mean, there's going to be moves coming. We're about 42 days, something like that, away from the draft. We're gonna. I'm excited to see where these quarterbacks go. I mean, is Russell Wilson going to get traded? What's Houston going to do with Deshaun? Once that happens, it's going to be huge. It's going to make all these other moves just look minuscule. Excited about that. Enjoy your weekend. I hope you guys have a good one. And I will see you next week. See ya.